This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. New business investment and development projects throughout the state are going to need skilled and trade construction trades workers. One program making sure women are included on that list. Our program gets their self-confidence up, um, lets them know that they can do it. And I'm, I'm hoping that these women tell their daughters that they can do it. And it's just like a trickle-down effect. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. Governor Jim Justice declared a state of preparedness for all 55 counties in West Virginia Tuesday due to the winter storm event forecast to hit the state. The National Weather Service predicts heavy snow, freezing rains, dangerous wind chills and strong winds beginning today, continuing throughout the week and into the coming holiday weekend. The State Emergency Operations Center and its partner agencies are directed to prepare to respond to the impending winter storm, posturing personnel and resources to quickly respond should an emergency develop. Justice and the Emergency Management Division ask all West Virginians to remain attentive to weather conditions through local media reports and follow any instructions issued by emergency officials. The West Virginia Division of Natural Resources is getting some new four-legged help and a raise. Eric Douglas has more. As part of the celebration of the 125th anniversary of the DNR, the force is growing with six new canine officers. The officers and their dog partners were introduced at a ceremony at the West Virginia Culture Center Tuesday. Governor Jim Justice joined DNR Law Enforcement Chief Colonel Bobby Kales for the ceremony. Kales explained that all six regions of the state will receive a canine officer. program's primary purpose is to provide an increased support to our outdoorsmen, men and women, um, through article searches, search and rescue, and fishing game detection. All six dogs still have to complete their training with their handlers. The governor also announced that all 131 officers in the West Virginia DNR will be receiving a $6,000 raise. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Eric Douglas in Charleston. West Virginia University is celebrating the first 15 graduates from a new program. Emily Rice has more. The Doctor of Nursing Practice Nurse Anesthetist Program at WVU is one of two programs of its kind in the state. Dr. Aaron Ostrowski is proud of his students and grateful for the faculty that made this achievement possible. And learn how to be the best trained CRNA that can take care of anyone in this wonderful state of West Virginia and across the country. As more healthcare professionals retire in West Virginia, they leave openings that Ostrowski and his colleagues aim to fill with qualified providers to care for an aging population. To complete their nurse anesthetist certification, students must pass their national certification exam. Ostrowski received word Tuesday morning that two of his students had already passed their exams. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. Mike Costello and Amy Dawson are the husband and wife duo behind Lost Creek Farm. The couple hosts farm-to-table suppers and were recently semi-finalists for the James Beard Award. 
Often they share stories behind the recipes they serve. Folkways reporter Margaret Leaf brings us this story about a recipe from their childhood. Today at Lost Creek Farm, the birds are chirping and the sun is shining over the rolling meadows. I'm here with Mike Costello and Amy Dawson, and they're giving me a tour of the farm. We visit the chickens, and Mike tells me about some of the projects they're working on. We're building a fruit orchard. There were some apple trees here on the farm when we moved in, uh, some pear trees, uh, a lot of wild fruit, a lot of wild blackberries, elderberries, raspberries, those kinds of things. Mike and Amy have lived on this land for six years, but it's been in Amy's family for close to 150 years. Amy learned a lot about working a farm when she would come to visit her grandparents. Growing up, my family always had a big garden, and we always would can. And so most of my summers were spent essentially doing food prep. Like if you live on a farm, you just do food prep all the time and food preservation. When Mike and Amy inherited the farm, it had been neglected for years. So they devoted themselves to getting the farm back in working order. The couple raised meat rabbits and laying hens. They foraged for foods in the surrounding woods. They raised vegetables from heirloom seeds entrusted to them by community members. And they've got their fruit orchard. Mike takes me down below the vegetable garden and chicken yard to the orchard. Yeah, a lot of these uh, trees that we have down here are little regional varieties of apples. Yesterday we grafted 21 trees that will go into the orchard. We'll, We'll plant them later this year. The couple will use these apples for a few different things, including apple butter. Amy says the apple butter is caramelized and tastes sweet. Mike likes to play around with flavors and adds bourbon and sage to hit some fiery and herby notes. For Amy, making apple butter takes her back to her childhood. Apple butter was the first experience that I had that I remember. As a family, we would always can and it being kind of a community. Like it wasn't just my family that did it. It was friends and you know, extended family would come and make the apple butter in the fall. The seasonal ritual of making apple butter helped Amy understand the connection between food and community. It's a daunting task to peel, core, and chop bushels of apples and then stir them for hours over heat before canning. If ever an event called for community effort, it's one like this one. And time spent cooking with large groups of neighbors and friends is as social as it is productive. Amy isn't the only one of the couple to grow up with memories of cooking and community. Mike grew up in Elkview, West Virginia, and he often accompanied his grandmother to Emanuel Baptist Church to make communion wafers. Something I have a lot of fond memories of when I was a kid was her and the other elderly women in the church making communion wafers on Thursday and Friday mornings for Sunday service. And she would take my brother and I down there uh, on those mornings and we would sort of watch all these women rolling out these big sheets of dough and you know making these communion wafers. You can hear more of that story Sunday morning at 7 and Sunday evening at 6 on Inside Appalachia right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.51.
coming mostly sunny today, highs in the 30s and 40s. Tonight, a chance of rain or snow with lows in the 20s and 30s. Tomorrow, a chance of rain, sleet or snow with gusty wind, highs in the 30s, 40s and 50s. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning in effect early Thursday morning for areas in the Potomac Highlands and the Eastern Mountains. Support for WVPB is provided by Solar Holler, building on West Virginia's proud history of powering the nation by bringing solar power to the coal fields. More at solarholler.com. The Infrastructure Investment Act is bringing millions of dollars for construction and development all across the state. As Chris Schultz reports, thanks to a training program, West Virginia is well positioned to meet the demand for more workers with skilled women. Carpenter's apprentice, Brooke Moyle, always knew she wanted to make things. I love working with my hands. I like creating something. I like seeing my efforts build something. Moyle is a motivated person. She rode an electric bike from Fairmont to Elkins to make sure she made it to the first day of her apprenticeship. But Moyle says she didn't think she had a chance at being a carpenter. Or at best, her dream was on the back burner while she worked other jobs in telemarketing or at McDonald's. That is, until she found West Virginia Women Work. They go through specific training courses. They go through almost all the trades, and then you get to kind of at least have the skills to pick something. If you do graduate from the program, you are kind of like put above the stock for anyone who did not and and tried to like get into a union or a job or anything because they have the connections to make that happen. Founded in 2000, West Virginia Women Work helps women explore, train, and secure employment in non-traditional occupations, especially the skilled trades. Carol Phillips is the executive director of West Virginia Women Work. Especially in West Virginia, you know, a four-year degree isn't for everybody. And just learning about, um, especially for women, the skilled trades, um, which maybe they didn't learn about in school or at home just to do gender roles, teaching people that you can come through this pre-apprenticeship program, you can join union apprenticeships, private apprenticeships, enter directly into the skilled trades positions and make you know, twice what you might make as a nursing assistant or even a school teacher, just letting women know that there's opportunity. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is bringing millions of dollars for development into the state. Earlier this month, Governor Jim Justice announced $500 million for improvements to bridges across West Virginia. There are also several newly announced major construction projects, like the Nucor plant, that will need workers to make them a reality. For Phillips, the trained people from West Virginia Women Work are an obvious choice. We work with companies, unions, groups, and on their equity planning. If you're going to need 500 workers for something in the next six months, where are you going to get those from? We want those to come from West Virginia. If you're saying the workers aren't here, maybe you need to look at a more diverse group of workers. West Virginia Women Work prepares women for those roles through the Step Up for Women Construction Program a tuition-free, employment-based, skilled trade training program designed to prepare adult women for entry-level positions in the construction industry and registered apprenticeships. Nicole Stevenson is the Charleston Program Coordinator for Step Up for Women Construction Training. 
Before going through the program herself, Stevenson was in healthcare for 10 years, but wasn't happy. Despite being exposed to the trades her entire life, she never considered it an option for herself. All of the men in my family are tradesmen, every single one. You know, I held the flashlight for every man in my, in, in my family. You know, my dad always said, I work this hard so you don't have to. And what he didn't realize, and I don't think I realized at the time, is I loved it. I loved it. Choice is an important aspect of the program for Stevenson. Program students cycle through training in carpentry, electrical, plumbing, and welding so that they can figure out what trade works best for them. This is a non-judgmental zone. So if you can hold a hammer, we teach you the proper way to do it. You don't walk onto a job site and she doesn't know what she's doing. What we do as coordinators is really work with the students and watch them and see where, like, their gifts are and, you know, what they really tend to do well and they find enjoyment in. It's not, well, I'm an electrician because my dad was an electrician. It's choices. We show them so many things. Building confidence is baked into the program. Students are also coached on what Stevenson calls soft skills, things like interviewing, and budgeting for delays in the weather-dependent construction industry. Lakeisha Hines is the Morgantown program coordinator for Step Up for Women Construction. Like Stevenson, she also went through the Step Up for Women Construction program while seeking out a more promising professional future. Of course, we want to get the safety with the OSHA 10 out of the way first. So we make sure that they are safety conscious because that's the most important thing when you're working in construction. Um, And then we kind of sprinkle in um, some of the soft skills along with um, the hands-on portions of the program. Students also get a chance to visit project sites and speak to program graduates. Heinz says it helps students see the future they're working towards past their 12 weeks of training. I think it's empowering to them to see where somebody started and a lot of those people have the same stories. A little bit, it starts with them actually applying and knowing that they can do the work too. Our program gets their self-confidence up, um, lets them know that they can do it. And I'm, I'm hoping that these women tell their daughters that they can do it. And it's just like a trickle-down effect. The next program in Charleston and Morgantown starts February 27th and is currently accepting applications. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.